BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carleen Higgins. Hey, Breaking Beauty fam. We are Jill and Carleen, two beauty editors turned podcasters. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And welcome back to you, Carleen. First of all, today is your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy official Leo season. Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling my full lion's mane today. I've missed you because you've been away on vacation. Are you feeling good, like rested, relaxed, all of that? I am. You know what? We went for a week on a road trip. And I think this is the best summer to do a road trip, passportless Mm -hmm. travel, highly recommend. We drove out to Quebec and we left the dog at home. And honestly, I just, I say that because my dog's still, he's like an older puppy, but he just takes Mm -hmm. up so much attention and energy. So it was just nice to like actually have conversations with my kids, like being in Mm -hmm. the car and all sleeping in one room. It was so tucked in. It just felt so lovely because they're getting a bit older and like, yeah, we had so, you know, we, we mini golfed. We ate like fondue. We did so much just like fun family bonding stuff and we didn't lose our luggage in the process. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) That's so nice. Listen, did you listen to any podcasts in the car as a family? No, we didn't. I love that idea, but my kids have their headphones on. Like, and uh, you know, my daughter just they're listens doing their to her own, own thing. music. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, we didn't. But I, I, I wished that I had downloaded some Audible stories. Books. That's what I think uh-huh. is the ideal situation. Uh-huh. If I was more organized, that's what I would have done. That's what you want for a six-hour road trip. Yeah, road trips and podcasts go really well together. So maybe you all out there listening right now, you're on a road trip. You're enjoying your summer. We certainly hope that you are. And today we have a really fun episode. We're doing a topic (laughs) that we don't cover so, so much on this show. It's all about fragrance. If you're a fragrance lover, you are going to be obsessed with this episode. I guarantee it. So today is a hashtag damn goods episode, and we're going to be talking all about TikTok's most viral fragrances that are popping off right now. And we want to find out which ones are hashtag damn good or not. And our guest is Emma Vernon. Yes, Emma is basically the perfume talk leader in the space on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So she's the perfect, mm-hmm. perfect guest for us to speak to today. 
And by the way, I completely fell in love with her during our chat. But you're the one who discovered her. So tell us like how you got onto her feed. Yeah, I ended up deep in fragrance talk and it's just so much fun to see what scents people are sort of discussing and resurrecting on TikTok. Emma has this like encyclopedic knowledge of fragrance and notes and she can name a fragrance from that launched in like 1983 and she'll like know the ingredients that are in it and has a very, very like she's so skilled at describing mm-hmm. and articulating fragrances and how they make you feel and what the notes are like and you get a real sense of it. And so yeah. that's why I think her content really popped off in that space. And, you know, she's been featured in the New York Times and in Style and the New York Post. And she took all of that fragrance knowledge and she actually took it to the podcast space as well. So she has a show called The Perfume Pod and it launched in 2021. So we decided to pod swap with her. And today we're digging into all of the most viral fragrances and really why they are so popular right now. That's right. And, you know, even beyond that, Emma is a comic and also a former matchmaker. So she has like this array of tools in her toolkit and she kind of brings them all together to Mm -hmm. help to match people with their perfect sense. So this is a skill and I have so much respect for her. And I Mm -hmm. think the timing is perfect right now for us to do this episode because the fragrance industry has completely popped off during the pandemic. Like who knew that this was going to be the category to just take off? To just explode. I know. So Byredo got scooped up by Pooj about six weeks or two months ago for a billion dollar valuation. Like that's pretty much unheard of. Yeah. We haven't seen that since Kylie Cosmetics was valued at a mm-hmm. billion dollars a couple of years ago. And that mm-hmm. was groundbreaking. Could you imagine mm-hmm. that that was going to happen from what was an indie fragrance brand? Like I, I couldn't right. have predicted that. For sure. Let's be honest. It's TikTok where fragrances are living their best life. I mean, that's where they're thriving. People want to know if they're worth the money. And, you know, if there's any doubt that this is what's driving the fragrance industry right now, the luxury French perfume house Frederick Mal launched an exhibition in Paris as a tribute to Mm -hmm. their latest launch. And it's geared toward Mm -hmm. guys. No joke. The fragrance is called (laughs) Uncut Gem. Just let that sit for a minute. (laughs) Uncut, Uncut Gem. Yeah, like it is just, I never thought I would see that from Frederick Mall, right? It's like so cheeky and like a, you know, you just think he's living in his little French bubble, like not paying attention to <laughs> Julia Fox, but I guess he is. Yeah. Anyway, I just think it's great. So we're going to ask Emma in today's episode why certain fragrances do pop off the way they do on TikTok. We're going to be talking about Fleur Missing Person, Maison Francis Kirk. Oh, Jill, how do you say this one? Help me out. Maison, Maison Francis Kirk de Jan, Baccarat Rouge 540. That is, you know, probably the most famous on TikTok. Yeah. We're also going to be talking about Ariana Grande's Cloud. That's gone gangbusters as well. She's going to give us her expert reviews. Plus, we're going to hear about her favorite new budget-friendly find, the BIPOC-owned fragrances you need on your radar now, and why knockoff fragrances just aren't it. 
every single product that we mentioned on the show today. Of course, we will recap it over on our blog so you can shop away. And that's a great way. We do have affiliate links on there so you can support our show and get your hands on these great fragrances. And don't forget that this is a true pod swap. So we are guests on Emma's show this week. Very exciting. It's called the Perfume Room Podcast. It's all about the fragrances that beauty editors hoard and like our experience going on these grand press trips. So we're kind of spilling all of our secrets over on the perfume room. You're going to want to tune in over there. So let's get to it. Here she is, our new friend, Emma Vernon. Jumping in to share a word from one of our new show partners, Macy's. So is it just me or is anyone else's hobby looking at real estate listings? I mean, I can't get enough. And I just kind of love the peek it gives into other people's lives. And one of my favorite keywords to search is honestly farmhouse. I think I have this kind of idea from like a Nancy Myers movie that I would live in like a restored Hamptons farmhouse and just have all these fabulous friends and dinner parties. You know, in reality, I'm probably not going to be doing that anytime soon, but a girl can dream. But a way that I can bring that whole vibe home is with the rustic home decor collection from Macy's. So I really feel this time of year is when people are looking ahead to fall. You're kind of thinking about maybe refreshing your space, trying to make it a bit cozier for the month ahead. And you can totally dive into this farmhouse trend with Macy's. They have tons of soft textures and warm wood accents that make it easy to bring a piece of the countryside into your home. And even if you live in an apartment in the city like I do, plus your sanctuary will be unmistakably yours with details. They have like sage green dinnerware, They have rustic decor and, of course, those cozy musts like blankets and bedding. So you can check this out yourself. Head on over to Macy's.com slash own your style. That's Macy's.com slash own your style. Once again, Macy's.com slash own your style. We'll link to this in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. Now, professionally speaking, you have this very unique multi-hyphenate title. Like, I don't know if you have a LinkedIn, but this would be quite a title on LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. it's like TikTok famous matchmaker, like setting up people who are looking for their significant other. You're also a comedian and content creator. That's a lot already. Mm -hmm. And so tell us what was the moment you decided that you also wanted to add perfume podcaster to your resume? Well, first off, you are correct. My LinkedIn is a hot mess. I no longer (laughs) use it functionally. Like there was a time when I was in corporate America and I like tried to make it look good. And now it just kind of looks like you're like, 70-year-old aunt who made a profile and never updated anything. Like, I just stopped because it's that's just not where I'm going to meet people anyway. But yeah, so basically, this was kind of a happy accident. As I was mentioning, I've just always been into fragrance. It's been something I've always been very passionate about. And the matchmaking was also accidental. So basically, the only thing that was intentional is the thing I probably do least now, which is comedy. So 
a quick recap of how this all, all happened. I had been in corporate America working in marketing for the last like seven or eight years. And when I graduated from school, I was just like, I want to do something for me the summer before I like, you know, start my career in corporate America. And I found that UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, had a spot left in their like summer improv intensive. This is back in 2013. I was like, you know what? This sounds great. I'm going to do it. So signed up and then I just got hooked and I went through the entire, you know, curriculum at UCB. And then a few years later, I started doing stand up. And so that really became my bread and butter. And I sort of saw my day job as my side job. And I was trying to make it in comedy at night, performing every night, doing all these things. And in the middle of that, I started a show, which was, I promise this will all come back to full circle. But I, I started <laughs> I started a show because I noticed that in improv, one of the tropes and one of the scenes that comes up most frequently are just like two people on a weird first date. You know, if you've ever seen an improv show, it's like painful how often that scene comes up. And I just thought, what if the people on the date were real and then everything around them was improvised and it was still like this like comedy show where people had a chance to be funny, but the date was earnest and authentic. And then secretly, you know, I, I always loved like millionaire matchmaker growing up. And I was like, what if I was the matchmaker? And I just like always thought that would be a fun thing to do. So that's what I started doing. I started a comedy show called In a World, The Dating Show. Other shows have since followed suit, but mine was the first. And I would set up two people on a blind date on stage. And then their first date was essentially just this insane wild first date because it would, everything around them was improvised by comedic improvisers, but they were themselves. And then people, it kind of became like a hit show. I had been doing it. I had a three-year long run in the city. It would sell out every time. And after every show, people would always come up to me or message me and be like, I don't have the balls to do this on stage, but I loved how you set that couple up. Or like, I thought you made a great selection. Like, would you ever set me up? And I realized that in the course of casting this show, I had a database of like hundreds upon hundreds of single New Yorkers. So I was like, yeah, like I'll do that. So I just started like setting up friends with friends. And then it just became like a thing. Like I was just setting up people that were like actually dating. And to this day, there are like three couples that are together right now that I set up during the pandemic. What? Yeah. And so I started doing that. And then when we went into the pandemic and we went into lockdown, I say like we went into it, like whatever. When the lockdown happened, <laughs> I like so many other people was just like, all right, I'm going to start like making TikTok videos because what, what else am I going to do in my like mom's house? And so I started making TikToks that were a mix of funny videos and relationship advice videos because I had really leaned into this whole matchmaking thing. Then I posted a video about what the fragrance you wear on a first date says about you. That video immediately went viral. People started asking me to review their other perfumes, all these different things. And I realized that like I had this like encyclopedic memory of every fragrance I've ever smelled and everything that people were commenting. I was like, oh, I know that perfume. Sure. And I was just like answering all these, you know, video requests. And then that just kind of took off. I started making fragrance content too. And then basically what happened, the reason I started this podcast, I'm sorry, this has been such a long answer, but the reason I started this podcast is because I had this informational interview with this woman who helps organize TED Talks. Very like great conversation, really cool woman. But she was just like, you have too many hyphenates going on. And I was like, tell, you know, like, tell me about it. I know, like I sound like, a, a, I'm, I don't sound real. And she was like, drop the fragrance stuff, stick to the matchmaking. That's cooler. Like, you know, you can always like fragrance, but don't do it. And I felt gutted after that call. I was like, what? I can't drop it. And then I think I realized that that's what I loved. And then I just pursued, I didn't take her advice, leaned in, doubled down on the fragrance stuff because I realized how much I love it. And now here we are. <laughs> 
Don't take here the we advice. are. Don't take the advice. I love it. I'm curious because your perfume talk content has just like completely exploded. And we're going to get you to do some reviews today. So fun. I'm Ooh. so excited to get into that. But I, I do need to ask because when when you see like beauty reviews online or when Jill and I do our damn goods episode and review, we always try to say like, this is our skin type, you know, mm -hmm. this is our hair type or whatever to give people an idea. So for yourself, like what's your kind of perfume bias? Like what do you enjoy in terms of a type of fragrance mm -hmm. or because you do have a skill, you really do. Do you kind of, are you able to evaluate them all evenly regardless of like what type it is? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like to recommend fragrances that I personally love. Every and and the thing is, is that I can. I also love fragrances that are not like ones that I'm like personally. I, I think I figured out how to objectively like just understand what a great fragrance is. I think I try and understand what the TikTok like market is and and what they want. Although I will say, I just recently posted a video saying this is the next Baccarat Rouge Five Forty. But my venture, my thesis there is that Baccarat Rouge 540 is only Baccarat Rouge 540 because certain influencers made it Baccarat Rouge 540, which mm -hmm. I have opinions on that fragrance. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you want to get to them now or later. But anyway, I posted this video and a lot of people were like, this smells like a whiskey bar that like my uncle goes to. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's sexy. Like, I love that smell. It's this, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this like really... What was it? What was it? I have to know. What's yeah. the next Baccarat? Well, it's 540. So it's called it Nasamato Barianda. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but and it's not a new fragrance. Came out in 2016. I just only recently discovered it and it was not being talked about on TikTok. So maybe marketing it as the next Baccarat Rouge was like a little misleading, but to me it was like what's another scent that is just like I like that just like people would smell you on the street, stop you in your tracks and ask what you're wearing that's like mysterious and sexy. And that's what I mean by Baccarat Rouge. It doesn't actually smell like Baccarat Rouge, but it's this like mm. pulpy, boozy, yeah, slightly it's got, sweet. It's got that quality. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like enigmatic. And you'd be like out at a club and you'd be like, what is that person mm -hmm. wearing? Like, I feel like it could be Santal 33, but it's a lot sweeter, but it's boozier. Like just something in that yeah. genre of like, I don't know what I'm smelling, but I can't stop smelling it. Um, but yeah, so I try and recommend objectively. I also do sent consultations for people on the side. And so that's like really where I like remove my personal. The one thing yeah. I say is like, I won't recommend it if I don't personally vouch for it. But people ask for things that are not my genre all the time. People are like, I want mm -hmm. something super floral, blah, blah, blah. And I, I know great mm -hmm. floral scents. I just maybe aren't wearing them. So I would say with that said, my bias is I love Oris and Iris scents. I feel like that's like really mm -hmm. my sweet spot. I feel like it's just like, I, I don't even, I just love the like, chalky, Pez, waxy, like all of it. Like anything that reminds me of Pez candy or lipstick, which is essentially Iris and Oris in a nutshell. I'm just yeah. like, I love that. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. And so when, when people come to you, what is your best piece of advice that you give them for helping them find the fragrance that speaks to them? You know, I really ask a variety of questions. Obviously, first off, you know, you got to know the price point. I don't want to recommend something mm -hmm. that's like way not aligned with their budget. But I ask mm -hmm. like, what is the what is the purpose of this perfume? What do you already know you love? What do you already know you hate? Do you have an aesthetic that you aspire to be with? Like, do you have a fragrance aesthetic? If not, is there some, is there an aesthetic you or a celebrity or fictional character that you would want this fragrance to embody? Like certain things, because I think oftentimes people can't articulate what they're looking for. So I try to ask questions yeah. that might guide them to it in a roundabout way that they wouldn't think to tell me. But then they'll be like, you know, I want to smell like, like, 
Angelina Jolie in this movie or whatever. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever mentioned Angelina Jolie. I don't know why that just came to me. But I, I try... In Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> in Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Smith, yeah. But so, yeah, I just try and, like, think about, like, what what are they trying to convey with their fragrance and mm-hmm. sort of start from there. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. I love that. Oh, I think if I had a crystal ball, Emma, I don't think I would have ever said... The one beauty category that's going to go bonkers on TikTok is perfume. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I would have said makeup. I would have said hair, Dyson Air Wrap, whatever. But it is true. Like because of TikTok, there's so much renewed interest in in fragrance. And what do you think sort of was the spark? Like why do you think this type of content is so successful on TikTok? Not even yours specifically, but just perfume talk in general. I think perfume is universal. I think scent is universal. I also think what's really interesting is like a lot of times people are like, oh, perfume is so like girly. And it's like, no, perfume is scent. Scent, you have five senses. It's you see, you smell, you know, like smelling is a huge part of your life. And I think that it is incredibly, well, I know a lot of people have suffered from lack of smell or, you know, bad smell Mm -hmm. from COVID, but it's something that we hopefully, or most of us all can enjoy And it doesn't exclude anybody, you know, if I'm having a day where I'm like, oh, my clothes aren't fitting me, my fragrance will always fit me, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's also transportive. And I think this was also a time where everyone was like in, you know, lockdown for the last two years and scent kind of takes you to other places. And it also requires no effort on your part. Like, you know, my mom did get the Dyson hair wrap in COVID. I lived with her in 2020. She was a hot mess. She could not figure out how to like do it. <laughs> she was like in the bathroom with the thing like stuck in her hair. But I, but I could just spray perfume and I feel good immediately. It's instant gratification. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And That's I think true. the other reality is, is that with the prices of perfume these days, people want to know, they want to review before they buy and you can't smell over the internet. Right. You, know, you can't even do that thing that you can do with lipstick where you take a picture of yourself and you do yeah. a virtual try on. Mm-hmm. So people really rely on reviews. But the thing is that they're really one dimensional when you're just reading your reviews. Mm-hmm. You're like, who is giving this review? Is this exactly. my type of person? Right. On TikTok, they can see the person. Right. They're like, I'm vibing. What? Yeah. Yes. This clean aesthetic girl. That's what I want to buy what she's using. You know, totally. I think mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why on TikTok it's taken off. And I'm curious, though, we're going to talk about all of the most viral TikTok fragrances just ahead. And I think we have to start with the one you mentioned, the Baccarat Rouge. $450 is the Canadian price tag on this one. So first of all, is it worth the money? And then second of all, maybe you could just tell us like, why did this one go viral? Why does a fragrance go viral on TikTok? What do you say? No, it is not worth the money. I wouldn't pay $100 for that fragrance. I am so not a fan of Baccarat Rouge. To me, it is. It just smells like burnt, screechy tires and cotton candy. It smells like you went to <laughs> a county fair, you got a cotton candy, and then somebody accidentally drove their tractor over your cotton candy. That is baccarat rouge. Like I'm, and if you guys love it, then it's great. I love it. I just like I can't. I can't get behind it. I never could. I never understood the appeal. I think what it is is that at the end of the day, people, what makes something go viral is if it is perceived. And I will give Baccarat Rouge all of the credit for how you perceive it. I smell the sillage and the projection are unreal. I can smell it from a block away. It's something that, yeah, I mean, like I will, I've started to like, 
train, like not train, that sounds weird, but like ex- like show my boyfriend whenever we smell it. I'm like, are you smelling that? That's Baccarat. And now it's at the point that like we walk down the street and he's like, somebody's wearing Baccarat. And I'm like, mm. you did it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that people want, so- and maybe that's where I was off with Nasumato Barianda. I don't think it has that same like, oh, you ubiquitous, like I know the smell. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a ubiquitous smell that people know. And because you, you know, maybe have smelled it on someone who is like wearing like this like hot designer outfit, it's associated with luxury. You know, the name is Baccarat. Like Mm -hmm. I and, and I think it also plays to, you know, another point that you were talking about, Carlene, which is that people pick their favorite creators and like appreciate their lens and their POV. And so I can like compare Mm -hmm. myself to a few other creators, some of whom who've been on my podcast, who I love and respect. We have different tastes, you know what I mean? And so if somebody like is looking for like, what does Emma like? I will like what Emma likes. Then they're going to go to me versus like, if you want something fresh and citrus, not that I don't like those scents, but I'm not the creator you would go to versus if you want to smell like a dessert all the time, I'm also not the creator you would go to. But I could recommend right. which creators have impeccable taste in those genres, you know? Hey, okay, amazing. That's great yeah. advice. I think I'm, I'm just going to say one word of defense for the Baccarat Rouge. It smells expensive. I think people love it because it lasts. When you see perfume reviews out there, a lot of people, first thing they say is, I loved it, but it didn't last. And that's extremely mm-hmm. disappointing when yes. you are spending four or 500 bucks on something. Totally. Right? And I mean, the quality of this fragrance is undeniable. It is luxurious, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of money for, if you want to get the 100 ml, I believe it's almost $800 for that scent. So no, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side of that, Emma, I know you've talked a lot about budget fragrance that you like, mm-hmm. the H&M Pear, yes. which you've been a long time stan of. Anything new in the budget-friendly format that, or budget-friendly find that you've recently become into? Yeah. Well, I will say H&M Pear has just been restocked. So I I did post about that and then it was out of stock. It is back. It is back. So that's great. I think Good Chemistry, I've talked about them before as well. I think they are a drugstore brand that I think has a good quality fragrance, has a good mission. Mm -hmm. I liked when they had more edgy fragrances in their line. They've kind of leaned into like more mass marketing fragrances, which I think are still executed Mm -hmm. beautifully, but less like complex and interesting. And then this is one that I've talked about for a long time too, but the Nemat or Nemat fragrances, you know, Nemat Amber Mm -hmm. is like going to be an incredible like white musk sheer amber oil that kind of is going to be akin to like a, you know, another 13 or Juliet, not a perfume, those sort of like layerable skin scent type things. And obviously there's a lot of perfumes that do go viral on TikTok. A lot of them are pretty indie. In fact, there's Delina by Parfum Parfum de Marly. There's Not a Perfume from Juliet Has a Gun. And of course, by Killian's Love Don't Be Shy, which of course, famously Rihanna loves. And a lot of these are two, 300 bucks. So are you a fan of any of these ones that I just mentioned? Like any of these that would get a chef's kiss from you? Okay, wait. So you said Killian Love Don't Be Shy, Not a Perfume. And, yeah. and what was the third one? The the Delina. Delina. Okay. I like Delina. I have smelled things in that genre that I think are better than that. I think it was like very hyped up and I smelled it and I was like, oh, you're pre-. like, it's pretty. I, I, I've I smelled it on people. I think it's perfectly polite and nice. Not my favorite. Love don't. It's kind of like a powdery floral. Would you say? Yeah. How would you describe yeah, it it's for anyone like, who hasn't smelled it? It's powdery. It's sweet. It's sort of like a soft rose but it's got like a little tartness, I think from the lychee note as well. And I think it it kind of reminds me of 
the sort of fruity florals that we like knew from the early 2000s, like if you took that and like elevated it to like something like niche and yeah. And the bottle is so cute. I love the like matte bottle. Like it's a, it's, it's cute. Baby pink. And I think that that color very much describes what you're going to get. Like it feels like girly and cute and frilly and yeah. And then love don't be shy, I think is fun. I think if you like a sweet gourmand, it's a really good one. And I think that what also makes it really wonderful is the orange blossom note in there. It didn't just lean into like marshmallows and chocolate. Like it really made a floral note, the star of the fragrance while still being incredibly edible. And then not a perfume. I guess I like all of these, but none of them are like, yes, you've done it. Not a perfume does not sit right on my skin. It goes plasticky and fizzy in a way that leaves me very unsatisfied. I will say I have smelled it on people whose skin chemistry it works with. And, and I have loved it on other people. It is very underwhelming on my skin. Okay. Mm. Okay. There's the official review from Emma. Now, some of these fragrances that have popped off on TikTok are not these kind of more indie, slightly, you know, more expensive. I mean, a lot of these brands have been purchased by bigger companies and they're they're not so indie anymore. But I mean, commercial scents have popped off on TikTok too. Like YSL, Black Opium, Mm -hmm. you know, has like a new life. Yeah. In your opinion. And this is also like kind of a sexier scent, I'm thinking, which we have, that sort of hasn't been in for a while. Mm -hmm. What's your take Mm -hmm. on that one? You know, Black Opium, I think it's, I think it's big for a reason. And I think that a lot of the people who hate on it are really into the world of niche and luxury scents. And so, yes, if you are a big fraghead and you compare Black Opium to some (laughs) other amazing, incredible, like dessert type fragrances in your collection, it doesn't, it doesn't hold a candle, I personally believe. But it is such a good entry point into that genre. And it is what made so many people, the amount of comments that I've received of people saying like, I've been wearing Black Opium, but I want to go niche. Like, how can you get me there? Mm. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think it kind of like opened people's eyes in a renewed way to like what like Angel did in the 90s of like, ooh, I want to smell like dessert. You know, I feel like Angel had this big moment and then people sort of went into like the like fruity florals, then sort of like the sheer musks. And I think that black opium kind of reminded people that it's still fun to smell like a sexy dessert. So where do you send them? Where do you send them? If if they want to go more niche and luxury from YSL black opium, that was their gate way. Where do you send them? You know, a fragrance I've been recommending a lot and also the price point is about the same as Black Opium is called Carthusia Terramia. You can get it on Lucky mm-hmm. Scent. And that is, it's got that same like coffee hero note that Black Opium does. And it is surrounded by white florals and it's just perfectly sweet and coffee-ish and fun. And it opens, it really smells like espresso beans in the opening surrounded by like this amazing sweet saccharine like floral sea of just like these beautiful flowers. And then as it grows, it just sort of becomes like a latte floral smell. Like it gets a little bit milkier as it opens up and a little creamier. And I just think it remains sexy and beautiful and pretty throughout the entire wear. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Osea. So as you guys heard in my chat with Jill earlier, I just got back from vacation. And one thing I noticed while I was hanging poolside and then wandering around all those cobblestone streets is just how dry my legs are. I looked down and I was like, yikes. I'm used to dry legs in the winter, not so much in the summer. Turns out the sun is drying too, you guys. 
I love a radiant slick leg look just as much as I love a dewy summer face look. It's that extra bit of zhuzhing that just feels so right with a little summer dress. Osea skincare helps nourish, soften, and smooth your skin to keep you glowing from your head to your pedicured toe. Let me tell you what's in my basket right now. Have you guys heard about Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil? A certain Spice Girl may have Instagrammed about it a while back. It's a seaweed-infused body oil that makes your skin look healthy, sleek, and basically just glowing so tight and so right. We know all of Osea's products are powered by ingredients from the sea, hence the name. And in addition to that, Andaria algae, it's got acai pulp and babasu seed oil. So it's meant to be very rich and luxurious, but not at all greasy and smells like summer, like citrusy, but luxury resort kind of citrus fruit. And you can really go for it with Osea's Total Body Glow Trio Kit, which is good value as well. The kit includes the body oil, also a body scrub and a body brush. So you can like sweep away those dead skin cells, then re-up on the moisture with the oil straight out of the shower while your skin is still slightly damp. That's going to lock it all in. Like all of Osea's products, the Total Body Glow Trio is responsibly sourced, vegan, and cruelty-free. Find your new skincare and body care favorites at oseamalibu.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with promo code BEAUTY. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. Go to oseamalibu.com, promo code BEAUTY, and now back to the show. Now we want to ask you about a bit of a random perfume, but one that's impossible to avoid. And that's Carolina Herrera, good girl. <laughs> Literally banned. And I made... Right what the he- Who decided the- that is a nice bottle? Like, that is a terrible yeah. marketing decision. Guys, guys, yeah. you push the stiletto in. I didn't know this. Kind of like Windex. <laughs> What's your take, Emma? I think if you like black opium, you might like good girl. I think it's a similar, you see how, you see how I'm answering this very diplomatically. (laughs) I it's, you know, it's very sweet. It's a little too sweet for me. And I I will tell you guys this, and I hope that she doesn't listen to this episode. I was gifted this and I was like, no, thank you. And so my friend came over and I was like, you're going to love it. And I gave it to her. And she's like, oh my God, I love it. And then I was like, yeah, it's so good. And then I was like in my head, I'm like, okay, I just offloaded a fragrance I didn't want. But then I will say, I met her for dinner like a few weeks later. And I was like, what are you wearing? It smells so good. And that was very, a genuine comment. She smelled great. And she's like, I'm wearing good girl. And I was like, wow. And I was like, okay, all right. So it found the right home because it smells wonderful on her. So. Well, that's amazing. I I mean, it, it has popped off. Like, Mm-hmm. It's huge. Without now, question. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's just like a commercially appealing. Like, what are some of these notes people are loving? I would have to, it's I have to look it up. I know there is an Oris note in there. And, but to me, it's not. It's, it's, yeah, I just looked up. It's a fragrance family is floral. It's a warm floral, very white floral mm-hmm. heavy. It's tuberose, jasmine. Mm-hmm. It also has tonka bean in there. So, yeah, it's, it's like sweet and I would say probably fairly girly if that's your vibe. So, I really, I, I don't know, but I would never want that on my personal shelf. But I, I will say for me, I think what my issue is, which is also the reason why so many people actually love it, if you're into that, is to me, it's so sweet with nothing sort of contradictory. There's like nothing about it that like balances right. that sweetness. And so yeah. if you compare it, it right, if you take like Love Don't Be Shy, for example, 
Yes, there's like mm-hmm. this in, this like very strong marshmallow note, but orange blossom to me, it doesn't feel like, I just feel like it like has like a little bit of a balance and this is just like all sort of sweet, like very mm-hmm. sweet syrupy floral notes and then warm gourmand notes and sort of nothing contradictory in there. I want to ask you about this missing person scent. Mm-hmm from Fleur, which is Chriselle Lim's Mm -hmm. brand. It had a huge wait list when it launched. This is massively viral on TikTok. Tell me why. The marketing, the storytelling, Mm -hmm. it was marketed in a way that everybody can relate to. It was marketed in like the smell of the person you miss lingering on your pillow. And I think that that's something that that resonates with everybody. And, you know, whether it's like a loved one or a family member or whatever, like people like that smell of like, oh, this person is not here anymore. I will also say that Krizel is in the beauty and fashion space, but maybe was reaching people outside of like this like deep perfume talk. Mm-hmm. So while I would say perfume talk is very well versed in these musky scents, it's not like something like we've never mm-hmm. smelled before. But for people who are just into fashion and beauty, who might not be as familiar with some musky scents that exist, they've never smelled anything like this before. Now, personally, I think it's a very lovely scent. I was sent the PR. I enjoy it. I will say it's very similar to the Body Shop White Musk. So the same mm-hmm. reason that that scent is such a beautiful scent, I think Fleur is the same. The price point is is very different. But I think that if you had never experienced something like Body Shop White Musk, you're, you're not accustomed to like what that like skin musk smell could be yeah kind of and then in that case it totally it totally is now when I first smelled that I'm like the marketing is spot on totally get it I was like Mm -hmm. but I I have smelled things a little similar to this before but I get I get the appeal in the same way that I get the appeal of all these woody warm musk scents okay interesting to something very very different Ariana Grande cloud it's called Mm -hmm. called yeah Mm mm-hmm Here it is. It looks like it literally came flying off of a little girl's wallpaper. Mm -hmm. You know, it's literally a bottle that is tucked inside of a cloud. What is your take on this one? How did this go viral? And what's your review of it? I sprayed it on a piece of paper. Okay, this is a very hotly debated topic. I'm curious what you guys think about this. But this one, I think, went viral because everybody started saying, this is the dupe of Baccarat Rouge 540. It's Mm -hmm. apples and oranges. I think... What people are smelling that's similar is like, I don't know if it's like a saffron note or an oak moss note or something in there, but there's that like slight like like pencil sharpener, not even pencil shaving, but if you've ever like smelled like a pencil sharpener and there you get that yeah. smell in Baccarat, you get that smell in Ariana Grande Cloud in the dry down. In the opening, it kind of goes like fruity, coconutty, like nice. And then you get that same sort of like thing that I think the sillage from far away could be perceived as Baccarat because of that like weird inside of a pencil sharpener, but sweet smell that they both have. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not a fan. I don't really like these like saffrony, mossy, like pencil sharpeny type things on my skin. Mm. However, I understand the appeal. I understand they make, there's something distinct about that smell. That is what I think attributed to, to Baccarat success. I totally recommend this. I think the price point is like $60. And if you are on a budget and you want that sort of elevated smell, I think it's a great fragrance. I think it's also like if you are gifting, I mean, I know 50-year-old woman, I know 60-year-old woman who wear this scent, but if you're gifting a younger woman a fragrance I and she doesn't already have this, I feel like easy, satisfied, like she's going to be happy. Also, I would go for the Cloud 2.0, the Cloud Extreme, 
that comes in the darker blue mm-hmm. because that is even closer okay. to what people think is that Baccarat smell. So a lot of these fragrances that have gone viral that we've talked about, they're made by, honestly, no shade to anyone, but they're like white designers, white noses, white celebrities. Is there a BIPOC-owned scent or brand that everyone needs to know about? Where do I start? There are so many. I mean, I I totally agree. Like we, it's the white male perfumer not that they're not amazing perfumes mm-hmm. they've created, but, you know, we need progress. I think that a brand that I absolutely adore, this scent is so freaking good. I will, like, I wear it all the time. Aspen Apothecary Dusk. It is the new fragrance from Aspen Apothecary. It is a rollerball. It's, a, you know, you're if you get the bottle, you might be like, did I just pay $90 for a rollerball? But when I tell you that this scent lasts forever, if you like the Labo Tainoir 29, it's in that wheelhouse. It is so good. I wear it mm, all the time. I used to wear that all the time. It is amazing. And this brand is also, they're, they're two sisters. It's a Black-owned brand. And all of their fragrances are CBD infused. So there's like this whole other layer to them. I oh. I absolutely love that scent. I also think Brown Girl Jane is an amazing brand. They were recently guests on the podcast. They also are a CBD infused brand, but not in their fragrances. And they have a scent called Casablanca which is like a cardamom marshmallow scent. It's like if you are someone who does really just go for that like tried and true like marshmallowy sweet gourmand, but you want a little kick, you want a little twist, it's got this like really fun little spicy feel to it. So I really enjoy that one as well. What are your thoughts on dupes for TikTok viral scents? Because literally on Amazon, you can search compared to MFK Baccarat Rouge 540. Is there any legitimacy to any of these like kind of knockoffs or dupes? You know, as I've progressed in this journey, my opinion on this has changed. I think that I used to come at it from a point of like, yeah, if you can find a way to make your favorite scent accessible, like I'm all for it. Now I think I'm more of the mindset of like, don't get something that is like a dupe brand that is literally a knockoff. Instead, go for something that reminds people, like the Cloud to Baccarat pipeline is one I fully support. You're going to get something Mm -hmm. that reminds you of it. They didn't literally knock off the juice and like just like make it all cheaper and put it in a bottle and call it Fakarat. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like (laughs) go for something that reminds you of what it is that you like about the more expensive fragrance. I think what's weird is like if we saw dupes of anything else, we consider the ethics behind it. But for some reason for Mm -hmm. perfume and it's like in plain sight, but it's like almost it's like illegal and it's counterfeit in almost every other industry. But when it comes to perfumes, like these brands are just like out and about being like, we copied this brand. And everyone's like, nice, mm-hmm. good job. And it's like, wait, is that a good job? Like, I I, I yeah. had to take a pause back and sort of just be like, why am I supporting this? Like, why can't I just find something that's like more affordable that gives you the same energy? I don't want to wear someone mm-hmm. who just ripped off an amazing formula. It is bridal season every month now because everybody's making up for lost time and having their wedding. So what set would you recommend for a modern cool bride? I would ask like so many more questions of like, what does their Mm, wedding dress look like? What does their venue look like? Like, I I just feel like it's so dependent because modern Let's say it's an outdoor beachy wedding. I would recommend, okay, I would either go with Mediterranean honeysuckle mimosa. It's just a citrusy musky scent. I just think it's so like pretty and nice and happy. Or I think I would go with something that's kind of like more like narrowly beachy, like a little bit like classic, but cool. Like there's a scent by a house called Milano Fragranzi called Naviglio. And it uh, it's just this sort of like 
sunny, salty, aquatic, narrowly scent. And I just feel mm. like it would just be like such a like beach wedding bride. It's not very sweet. If you if they're, you know, if they're looking for something sweet, it wouldn't be my pick. But there's just something very like kind of like cool, androgynous, beachy and happy about that scent that I just think is really pretty. What do perfume and comedy have in common? I think what they both ha- or can I say what what like perfume content creation and, and comedy have in common? Yes. It's being able to put into words what other people are feeling in a way that they couldn't describe themselves. Mm-hmm. And so as a perfume content creator, I like I can help people put words and memories and emotions and colors and and objects to things that they're smelling that to help them understand them in ways that they can make a blind buy. Or they're like, how would you describe this? I love it, but I don't know how to explain it. And with comedy, it's like the whole funny because it's true thing. Like I think my favorite genre of comedy and what I tried to do is say things that people are just like, oh my God, I'd never thought about that before. But that is literally like, yes, this is exactly that. And so it's sort of like this like incisive way of understanding how everybody else is perceiving things, but in a way that they might not have been able to put to words without a little help. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. Wednesday.